Come on, can we hold that hand clap? Can you just continue clapping your hands? Show Jesus that you really love freedom, that you appreciate where he brought you from. Can you clap your hands like you know where you came from? You know what happened. You know what you saved out of, what he kept you away from. Worship him like you appreciate what he's done this week and what he's going to do in the coming weeks and the coming months. Can we really give him a hand clap of praise? Don't quit now. Don't quit now. He's worth more than that. Come on, somebody. You ought to clap your hands. Lord, you're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy, Jesus. There's something about gathering together when we dwell in the presence of the Lord. You know, there's a difference in walking into the presence and making a choice to dwell in the presence of God. Cross Faith Church, you may not know it, but God has given us some amazing gifts. I'm going to try that again. He has given us some amazing gifts. I see blessings sitting in the house this morning that have been prayed for. I see people here that, that have wanted it for a long time. And God has answered. Let me tell you something. There is nothing like doing what you were created to do to worship a God. He says, God, I thank you for what you've done. Where I come from is not an accident. It's something that you did on purpose. It's not an accident. It's something you did on purpose. So there could come a day whenever I can say and listen to him make the words. Well done. <laughs> Thou good and faithful. Y'all know sometimes I don't feel all that faithful. But whenever his grace and his mercy, mm, when it hung on a cross, there was a grace and a mercy that was by his blood given to me. And there is nothing else in this world. If, if there's no other reason for me to worship, it's whenever I can say, God, thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Because if it wasn't for grace and mercy, there is no way I would ever hear faithful. Somebody here ought to give God a faithful hand clap. You ought to give God a faithful praise. Not because of your faithfulness, but because of the grace and the mercy that God wants to give to you. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Mm, there is a wonderful presence of the Lord in the house this morning. Can somebody say amen? Amen. 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 Worship team, thank y'all. They did such a wonderful job this morning. Can y'all give them a hand? Thank you for following the lead of the Holy Ghost. You can continue to play for a little bit. I do want to reiterate a few things. Number one, if you're watching online or if this is your first time, I'm going to be pastor for a second. I'm going to do some housekeeping. So don't let this be a reflection. I'm not mean but I'm very honest. If you look around and recognize the Sunday school kids are in here this morning, there's a reason why. Every single Sunday school teacher we had canceled or couldn't do it or has taught too much. We've said it week after week after week. We need people to step up, okay? Directly after church today, if you have kids in Sunday school, it's as simple as this. They prepare a lesson. They have a video. You don't have to come up with some great anointed thing to happen but directly after if you have kids go to our Sunday school teachers go find somebody where's she at is she in here this morning she's in the nursery Danielle's in the nursery she hasn't been in church I think in over a month right now because we haven't had teachers Danielle Cheney needs help not only do we have the ability to teach on Sunday but we need to be able to break up into classes we have Almost 50% of our church is kids, and we've got two buses that are not being used. <laughs> and we have the ability to get more, but we need people who will commit. If you were, if every parent in here who has a kid says, I'll sign up for one Sunday, you would probably only be teaching about every 10 to 15 weeks at a minimum, if not 20. And you could walk in. So we need help. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, help. Thank you. After church, I expect, expect to see a mass exodus and a bunch of people surrounding her saying, where and how do I sign up? 
March 2nd, we have small group leader training. That is this Wednesday night. It's going to be a Zoom meeting. Watch social media. We will post the link for small group leadership training. If you want to host it in your house, if you want to teach this year, this semester, or if you plan on teaching in the future, you need to please take this class. It's going to be very short, probably 30 minutes or less. The truth of the matter is, is I expect the class to take about 10 minutes and 20 minutes for y'all all to get on there and make your dog stop barking in the background. March 6th, next Sunday, is small group sign up. Now, Mike made one mistake. He said, if you want to sign up for small groups. There's no such thing as if. It's which group you're going to sign up for, amen? Because we need community. But you're going to sign up. Uh, my wife and I this semester are going to be doing a uh, young adult and young married group. And I think Robert and Chris are going to help us out with that. It's going to be a lot of fun. So if you consider yourself to be a young adult, you had a birthday. That was your yesterday ended your young adult. So, you know, we had two birthdays this week. But uh, also, let's see here. Visiting speaker coming in March the 13th. There is a guy by the name of Jeremy Ivey. The next two weeks, I'm not for sure what I'm going to title it, but I can tell you what it's going to be about. Y'all ready? It's how to build an altar. How to build an altar. This is something that God's been dealing with me on for quite a while. And um, in a church, you know that we, we that churches grow and they go. The whole objective is, is that it's a cycle. This is something, and this is not my message. This is just something that God has dealt with me on, is that the church, in case you don't know, and some of y'all are about to judge church, but it starts in a place to where you come into church and you find God for the first time, right? You came in, you're saved, you're on fire. It goes from that to understanding how that you can help others, discipleship, self-discipleship, servanthood. It goes from that to the next step of moving towards sanctification, sanctification towards learning how to bring other people back around and invite people, bring people into the church that know and want to find God in a deeper, better way. You know, churches can get stuck in a cycle. I've been to churches that, that all they're good at is bringing new people. I've been to churches that the only message you hear is on sanctification and new people come in and they're confused. But we get stuck. And so my prayer has been consistently, God help me to put Cross Faith Church in a healthy cycle. As I open my mouth, fill it with the words. If I don't have the right words, I pray, God, that your spirit takes over. Because we want to be in a, in a cycle from life to death and back to life. Now, if you're new to church, you're like, hang on, preacher. <laughs> I ain't dying in this place. <laughs> but to borrow the words of Pastor Rob Hines, one is in the flesh, the same is in the spirit. You see, there comes a time when you must first be born, and it's appointed unto man wants to die. Spiritually, there's a time that you're born again. There's a time that you're born physically, and you're born in sin and shape and in iniquity, and at some point you must make the decision that I've got to die out to my flesh so that I can be born again. And that new life is what we're looking for. The visiting preacher that's coming in, his name's Jeremy Ivey. I'm going to tell you all this. He's Pentecostal. I have never sat in a service with this guy preaching. I watched him online, and God spoke to me and told me he needs to be here. So, hmm, y'all get ready. <laughs> I saw there's going to be probably a lot of shouting, a lot of screaming. And for the love of everything sacred, my holy Jesus Christ, y'all had better back that man up when he gets here is all I got to say. Don't make him get up and preach by himself. Hey, in case y'all don't know, I'm a hollaback preacher too. I hadn't said this in a while. If you like something I say, hollaback, let me know. March the 18th, the youth rally, we have invited, I've probably invited 15 churches. We've got about four other churches right now. They're going to be a part of the service. In other words, they may have musicians or singers and youth leaders, so on and so forth. Church, please help support our youth. My last bit of housekeeping. Y'all ready for this? Friday night, we had one person, one kid show up. I don't blame that on the youth pastor who had spent the entire week 
studying and praying and fasting. You know, I blame that on mom and daddy. Parents do better. Kids need to be involved. Now, to tag on to that last bit of housekeeping, if you come to me and you say, Pastor, my kid's acting like the devil, and you ain't brought them to youth service, and you disappear every Sunday if anything happens, and they got a tummy ache, I'm going to look at you and say, take them home and parent them godly. Bring them to the house of God, and then come see me. I know that seems hard to some people, but if you want to raise your children to be Christians, you got to raise them in Christ. Amen? All right, I'm done. We'll be nice now. Story of a man I haven't talked about in a while from Louisiana. You can stop playing because it's not going to be spiritual from here. His name's Boudreaux. Some of y'all heard of him before. It's not that funny, but it has a good point, so don't prepare on laughing really hard just so you know. Boudreaux, though, he had this thing where he felt like that he didn't fit in. The title of my sermon today, if you're taking notes, is simply this. Where do I fit? Boudreaux felt like he didn't fit in, and he, 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 he came up with the idea that how that he could fit in was he need himself a tailored suit. Y'all remember them? Used to go to the tailor. I don't know if they even have tailors anymore. But he wanted himself, he said, if I can get me a tailored suit, then people will look up to me and they will think that I am important. He said, they think I'm important, and he said, everything will be all right. I can, I can have more friends. I can catch more shrimps. So Boudreaux, he goes to the tailor. He says, tailor, look, he said, I need a suit. I want to look good. The tailor says, okay, Boudreaux. He says, tell you what, let me measure you out. He measures him out, and he buys the finest tweed. Y'all remember tweed suits, anybody here other than me from the 70s and 80s? He got him a finest tweed suit he'd ever seen in his life before, and Boudreaux puts it on. He said, whoo, shout, that's a nice suit right there. <laughs> the tailor and his assistant standing there, and the tailor looks at him, and he said, Boudreaux, he said, I never recognized something before. He said, but you got that scoriosis. He said, what do you mean I got the scoriosis? He said, yeah. He said, your left shoulder is hanging a little lower than your right shoulder. He said, you're making my suit look bad. He said, Boudreaux, he said, you do me a favor. He said, take that left shoulder, just pick it up a little bit like that. And Boudreaux picked the shoulder up a little bit like that, and he stood there. He said, ooh, that looked good. The assistant said, ooh, shot, that looked beautiful. He said, you know, Boudreaux, he said, I never recognized something before. He said, but you know your left leg? It's, it's, a, little bit, it's a little bit shorter than your right leg. He said, would you do me a favor, just, just take that one leg? He said, just stretch it out, maybe pick the right one up a little bit. So Boudreaux stood there like that. He said, ooh, man, that suit look good on you. He said, Boudreaux, hang on. He said, because of the way you're standing, he said, it folded up funny in the front. He said, just pull your knees apart, just the fuzz. <laughs> so my suit hangs straight. So Boudreaux's standing there like this, and he said, ooh, shy. He said, you look good in that suit. He said, I ain't going to get no better. So Boudreaux, man, he walked out the building, headed down the street. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody looked at him and said, Boudreaux. He said, my man, he said, we want to pray for you. He said, why? He said, look like you've been in a bad accident. The guy standing next to him said, yeah, but whew, that suit looked good. <laughs> Where do I fit? You see, the truth is, is that sometimes we try to cover things up because we don't fit in. Anybody here other than me ever made some mistakes in your life trying to fit in? Y'all yeah. yeah. go back to high school. That's where we always go back to high school. Yeah, people show up, but y'all remember them kids that showed up in the black, like the black eyeliner, the trench coat? We all had them. It, that, that was before the school shootings kicked off. <laughs> because otherwise, we'd have suspected that joker first. But y'all you, you, you did, did some stupid stuff, too, let's be honest. At some point, I drove a 1963 Mercury Comet, and I put a lot of money in the motor. So you know what I did in high school? I took the hood off. I look like an idiot. I'm the only kid in the school parking lot with the, daggum, the, the, the hood jacks up in the air like that, driving around trying to be cool. So see, we did dumb, dumb stuff dating. We've been talking about it. I had to change my message today, by the way, because the kids was in here. Y'all don't want to have that conversation this evening. 
But y'all did some stupid stuff, you know, you, to attract a lady. Guys will do some dumb stuff. Men, you know it's true. You wasn't really country. But at some point, mullets came in. And for the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't know why they came back. I'm waiting for them. Y'all remember, I'm waiting for them to start permanent. Y'all remember that? Back when I was a kid, we used to permit too. Like, I, yeah, my best friend, man, he had him. He had it. It was like uptight, man. He would, he would, he would permit, and then he would have some hairspray, and he'd use his grandma's hairnet <laughs> to keep the strays in. Y'all remember what I'm talking about? Like that was the real mullet. They got mullets now, but no, not not you ain't you ain't you ain't had it permed yet. Come on. <laughs> the things we do though to fit in. And we all, at some point, in some way, feel like we really don't fit. Anybody here ever feel like sometimes you're a little too churchy for the world, but a little too worldly for the church? I feel like I'm a little too worldly for the church. Worldly like, for the church. Gonna, like, they going to find me out at some point that <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a sinner. <laughs> but you feel like you're a little... But you feel like you're a little too churchy for the world. Like if they see you in the bar, you you you, you go, but you really you're uncomfortable because it's just you know I, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I mean, how you doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been Sunday was. <laughs> we feel like we don't fit in no matter where we go. As a kid trying to find our our quote unquote friend group, you aren't really you know the nerd, but. You, you, foot, football was not your forte. Let's be honest. You're an adult now. You can say it, okay? Football was not your forte. You're not really built for the cheerleading team physically, but you had way too much pride to play the tuba. <laughs> Maybe it was just my high school band. There's something about just not fitting in. You feel like you really don't just, I just don't completely fit in. And whenever I was a kid, people had explanations. They explained something. And explanations for, for, for this whenever I was a kid, they would make, they would make comments like, oh, he's just a square peg and a... <laughs> Y'all was raised like me. He said, your mama dropped you on your head when you was a baby. Like, they had, we had different things. They, they donated a Tide Pod. That's a new one. Y'all, y'all, that's, that's a recent. One French fry short of a Happy Meal. There we go. Elevator ain't never seen anything above the first floor. That was my dad. It's funny when they're talking about somebody else, but it's not all that funny whenever somebody's telling it to you. Whenever somebody's making a comment about who you are. And what's worse than that is when in all truthfulness you feel that way about yourself. When you feel that way about yourself, has anybody other than me ever felt like the world just don't get you? They just don't get me. Like, I, they don't know what's going on in, in, in between my ears. And I want to give a very quick spoiler alert for all of you, and I could sum it up in this statement right here. God gets you. Let's try that again. God gets you. Nobody understands you better than the person that created you, the person that made you. And there's Bible for it. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those called according to his purpose. Now we got to learn how to be called according to his purpose and not our purpose. Come on, somebody. Philippians chapter 4, 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Psalms 118, 1 through 5. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his love endures forever. When hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. Now, Lord willing, we could end up with two more kids this week. That is my prayer. Lord, bring me out of an apartment into a spacious, come on, somebody, place. That's cheaper than what I'm paying right now. Let me add that tagline on there, Jesus, in case you decide to answer that immediately. But the truth is this, is that no matter where you're at, you still need one simple thing. And I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them emphatically, I need now, before I say this next word, it doesn't have anything to do with the previous sermon, okay? So, all the adults in the rooms, calm down. Community. You need community. You need community. Now, I happen to be a person that likes puzzles. I love puzzles. The real ones, the cardboard ones. If you have a puzzle and you've got to charge it up, it's not a puzzle. Okay, for the record, like, don't, don't bring me your phone. It's my favorite puzzle. No, it's not a puzzle. If it ain't got paint on it and lead paint at that, 
that you chewed on as a kid and is the reason why you don't fit in. Then you never play with puzzles. I like puzzles, though. I, I'm going to need some help. Come here. Help me right quick. Do you like puzzles? Do you like puzzles, Ashley? You don't like puzzles? You got, who, who here likes puzzles? Raise your hand if you like puzzles. <sighs> Come here, boy. Y'all can, can stay down there. Do me a favor. Would y'all put that puzzle? You got to open it up. Y'all just start putting it together for me. I like puzzles. I enjoy putting puzzles together. Cardboard puzzles. The ones that you would try and move and, 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 and so people could see them and they'd fall apart. Remember that? Like, look at my puzzle. Oh, half my puzzle just disappeared. I remember as a kid, we, we would do puzzles, right? But the problem with our puzzles is, 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 is that they would be on the dining room table. And mama had a temper about her puzzle. I dare you to touch her puzzle. Like that roast that she just cooked, you'll be cleaning it off your forehead. You had to eat around the puzzle. And, and, and whenever she was done with the puzzle, there's a chance if she really liked it, there's going to be some Elmer's glue involved and a piece of cardboard. <laughs> Am I the only person that was raised in a house that had a puzzle and a picture frame? Like, here's a, somebody that's mom. Puzzles, though. We like puzzles. Whenever I was a kid, they would, they would, mama, mama would get a new puzzle. And it wasn't just the challenge of putting the puzzle together, but for me, it was a speed challenge. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like how fast can we do this? My girls have one. It's 48 pieces. Now, I want to ask y'all this question. If y'all know this, if you go to build out a puzzle, what do you start with? Corner and edge pieces. There are some weirdos out there that do it by color. Oh, it's all the same. No, it's not, okay? Oh, this is the blue. There's, there's red. And you're looking at the box like he's got a red nose. Find the red pieces. No. Find the corner pieces. Find the edge pieces first. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Make because you get to take pieces and make a picture. That's the reason why we enjoy it. You get to take pieces and go help them. Go help them. Go help them. We give me one adult. Who's an adult here that can help? Give me one guy. The big good Lord. My sermon right now. Edge pieces. It's because I need a starting point. That's what I need. I need a place where I got to start. Now, if this is your first service, don't worry, and I promise we're going to get to Scripture, and it will become godly in a minute. Okay? So if this is your first time, don't judge me yet. Okay? So if this is your first time, don't judge me yet. Don't judge me yet. Some wife's looking at her husband right now. Some wife's looking at her husband right now. Tammy, I think this man's a loon. If you ever felt like in your edge piece felt like in your life you're trying to put it together and you can't figure out which pieces build the center. Are the pieces build? Are the pieces that you were build the center? Are the pieces that you were given? Are the pieces that you were given just built a center? Pieces that you were given. Play on words. You were given just built. A center. Play on words there. Nobody appreciated other mic. Play on words there. Nobody appreciated other mic. It's only because I looked at him. <laughs> Have you ever felt like in a puzzle of your life that you were given a bad hand? Maybe physically. I remember as a child that there were words spoken over the girls in our family. They talked about the build physically. Herndon's, they got a nose like a pug. <laughs> and I hate to say it, but it's true. <laughs> the ladies in our family, they're built like the end of a train. I'll keep going. There were words and things spoken over them as the way physically, and, and, and I remember my, my sister as, as a kid making comments like, it's in our bloodline, probably because I was making a comment like, don't eat that. <laughs> I wasn't married yet. I learned my lesson. Y'all calm down. <laughs> but there, you ever feel like you were just given a bad hand in life? Maybe it's your attitude. Maybe it's your temperament. My thing that I don't like about me is I talk too much. <laughs> Some people said no, so maybe it's just me. <laughs> that wasn't the kind of no they were saying. But 
I know my personality, and, and, and I also know one thing about me. If I get around people and they start talking about ungodly things, my mind has a tendency to think ungodly thoughts. Hmm, something we don't really talk about ever. But what happens whenever you get to work on Monday and everybody's cussing, and they're talking about what they did over the weekend, and you want to fit in? So you start talking about what I look like before Jesus. And before you know it, now, most of y'all here know this, but coming from a world of drugs and alcohol myself, historically speaking, I learned something. I had to stop, and y'all have heard me make the comment, don't, don't go out when you're still bleeding. Wait till you heal. Wait till you're scarred. I came into church. I felt like God saved me, and he healed me. I had no idea that I still had open wounds. The very next thing I did is I started going back to the drug world and inviting the church, tell them about Jesus, what Jesus did for me, how great and awesome he was, and I want you to come on Sunday. The problem was there was 10 of them and one of me. And the next thing you know, they're talking about drugs and what they had shot up and what they had done. And I never forget, I was sitting in front of a television one evening, and a show came on, and in the show there was a guy shooting up dope. And I remember watching the screen when the guy shot up dope, I felt heat go up my arm, and I felt the hair on the back of my head stand up like I had just shot up. And I realized all of a sudden, whoa, I'm still attached to something. I'm still bleeding. But because of my desire to fit in, I'd allowed things in my mind that should not have been there. I'd allowed things to come out of my mouth that shouldn't have been there. Let me tell somebody this this morning. You may not know it, but God created a picture of your life, and some of you need to get off the table that you're in. Some of y'all are trying to fit yourself into a picture that you don't belong to. You're trying to fit into a social group that God didn't call you to. Now, that doesn't mean that forever you'll never be able to help them. Let me tell you something. If you ever become scarred and you discover the picture that God's got for your life, there can become a day whenever you can go back and say, hey, look, I don't want to show you a piece of me, but I want to show you the whole me. I want to show you what God did for me. I want to show you what God did for my family. I want to show you how that I have been able to raise something that is whole, and now I can see the edges, I can see the colors, and I can see the pieces. I, I go to church sometimes. Churches that are not this one because y'all are all perfect. And, and I go to churches sometimes, and, and I, I, I can pick out the religious people pretty easily, though I shouldn't do it. It is judging. Pray for me. Not in heaven yet, okay? And, and, but it, it's pretty simple. They're the same ones that go for the colors. <laughs> but did you know that people in church judge by color sometimes? And I'm not talking about the color of your skin. I'm talking about social group. I know where they came from. I know what their past is. I know, oh, she done been divorced four times. He showed up praising in the back of the church, and God knows. I saw him Friday night. Well, you was there too. Shut up. <laughs> we have the ability to forget that God created some corners of truth in a relationship with God that it's going to be very difficult to find the picture that God created in his intention for our life. So what do we do? Starts, starts out by doing what you're doing right now. Look at your neighbor and say, good job. You at church this morning. Come on, somebody. With your mullet. And your pretty red beard. He knows who I'm talking to. Don't get mad. Don't get mad at me. You're bigger than me. Felt like we're, Felt giving, like we're giving a bad hand. Like just giving a bad hand. Just I'm a, just a little too complicated. Marriage. <laughs> You know what it takes to run a home? Like, God didn't prepare me for this. I didn't get the right pieces. God, you didn't tell me she was going to be mad. God, you didn't tell me he was going to be an idiot. Feel like we don't have the right pieces. Now, kids, I'm not used to y'all being here on Sunday morning, so I'm using words like stupid and idiot and shut up. Do not use that at home. You'll get whooped, I hope. Come on, parents, y'all. I'm trying to help y'all out right now. I'm trying to help y'all out right now. Brandon and I laying in bed last night, and a popular singer brought a kid up on stage, and it was the cutest thing ever. And the singer asked the kid, he was 11 years old, so you don't sing with me. He said, yeah. And right as they go to start the song, he said, wait, 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 wait. He said, Mom, can I say the bad words <laughs> across the entire Coliseum? Don't say the bad words, okay? Have you ever felt like you were given the wrong pieces? And it goes even deeper than that. You make statements like, eh, have you ever met my parents? I heard some of y'all say that. <laughs> have you ever met my mom and dad? Like, they a little, a little different. 
God, I asked for kids and you gave me goats. You have, have you ever felt like God gave you something, but you have no clue what you're supposed to do with it? We, we get lost and we don't really know, God, you, you, you gave me this, you gave me this gift, but what in the world am I supposed to do with it? Thank you for it, Jesus, but now what am I going to do? What am I going to do with it? Jesus, I know that you ordained this marriage, but I think you need to point me to the edge of these pieces so I can get something moving here. Have you ever felt like you were the piece on the edge trying to find the picture? We love to come to God with edge pieces. And edge pieces in church look like this. Mm, the holiest, mightiest, heavenly Father. I stand before thee today. Only thou humble servant. And I'm sure God's looking down from heaven going, that stop with King James. Bill, I know who you are. Can we have a normal cover? Edge pieces, sometimes we bring them to God. And we try to be something that we're not because we don't have any clue what the picture of our life is supposed to look like. For the record, if you don't know how to pray, it's simply like this, the same way I'm talking. Hey, God, thank you for today. I need help tomorrow. I'm created as a child of worship, so I'm going to stop for a minute and worship you. Lord, I worship you. Holy is your name. I praise you, Jesus. I love you. I want to do everything. I, I don't even understand. Y'all know that sometimes I pray and I'm be like, God, I don't even know how to love you today. But I want you to know that I do love you. Because there's days that I'm married to my wife and I don't know how to love her. And I go, God, I, I, but I still, I look at her and say, baby, I love you. Y'all laughing, but y'all know it's true. Y'all live with people that you love that you don't like. You don't know what that is. That, that, mean, that means that you don't want to go on vacation with them, but you'll cry at their funeral. <laughs> you love them, but you don't. Like. Now, I am, I am I, my, my wife and I make the comment quite often to each other. It's amazing to be married to somebody that I love and I like too. Thus the six kids. Come on, somebody. It's you clapping. That's what I like. We love to come to God with edge pieces. And I love more than anything else when it comes to this subject, the story of David. You know why I love the story of David? It's because his story is a story that I understand. He wasn't good with, with, with ed edge pieces. He really wasn't. Think about the life of David for a minute. He wasn't good with edge pieces. He, he was a very complicated person. He was a person with a temper. Had a conversation with Jaden last night about learning, about learning to, to, to understand impulse. Lack of better, she's 15 years old. Parents, read between the lines. Understanding, what would your, how would your life look differently if at 15 years old you learned how to handle impulse? I'm mad, I throw something. What would happen if you said, if I throw something, it's going to make a hole in the sheetrock. If I'm making a hole in sheetrock, there's going to be a hole right beside it where my head went through it because that's the way my daddy is. <laughs> Just my house, not y'all's, okay? Y'all's dad was a whole lot sweeter than mine, I'm sure. Now i got to figure out how to pay for two holes in the sheetrock because I know my daddy, he ain't paying for it. I'm going to be out pushing chain around this house. Y'all don't know about that, but my uncle one time, his boy, he, my uncle had four sons. And, and little Wade came to him, and he made a comment, Daddy, I'm bored. He told him, he said, son, he said, there's a logging chain in the front yard. I want you to push it around the house 50 times. And in case you've never tried to push a chain, it don't work. Wade told me, and y'all think, think it was just a statement. No, that boy was outside with a logging chain, okay? He made a comment to me. He said, I never again in my life told my dad I'm bored. He said, Daddy, work you like you ain't never known in your life. Whenever I was a kid, it was barbed wire fences. Anybody here other than me ever put up a barbed wire fence? Man, y'all was raised by some sweet people. We didn't get tractors. Daddy had a little arm that went around to roll a barbed wire and grass this high. You had to grab the arm and you had to pull it from one end of the field to the other. And in case you don't know, whenever you drag barbed wire across high grass, all that grass just wrapped up right around the barbed wire. And it was work, and I'd be pouring sweat trying to figure out what in the world I'm supposed to do. But that was reality. David was the kind of person, though, that he wasn't, he wasn't really good with edge pieces. 
When he had a problem, David was just out there, like everybody knew about it. Lord, Saul's trying to kill me. Now, we're going to pick up the story in Psalms chapter 142, verses 1 through 7. We find David, he's going to be in a cave, and he's hiding. Now, this is a guy, mind you, who is a giant killer, literally. He's already killed Goliath. He's a giant killer. He's a guy who was obviously called by God, anointed to do a job, and he's hiding. He said in Psalms chapter 132, verse 1 through 7, I'm going to read it like the way I feel like that he said it. I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord, mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him, I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. In the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for me. They're trying to trap me, Lord. Look and see. There is no one at my right hand. God, I'm all alone. Nobody's concerned for me. Pretty real prayer. I have no refuge. I got nowhere else to go. No one cares for my life, he said. I cry to you, Lord. I say you are my refuge, my portion, my land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. There's some amazing things happen whenever you become desperate. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Set me free from my prison that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness. To me. You see, it's like David totally missed Psalms 34, another book that he wrote that David himself had written, where he says his praise will continually be on my lips. Well, did you lie? Because this right here, my man, is not praise. Like you're trying to put on the suit that put her that, that, that Boudreaux put on. But inside, you're walking all funny. Anybody here other than me ever felt like you're trying to put on the armor of praise? Got the breast shield of righteousness, helmet of salvation. But the truth is, is that you feel like you don't fit in the armor that God has given you. He says, let us exalt his name together. Now, we get confused about God because we feel that if we don't come to him the right way, we can't come at all. You know, that, that's, that's a, it's a common thing. God, if I can't come to him whenever I'm holy, Lord, I know what I did, you know, Friday night, eh, I probably need to spend Saturday just, you know, getting over what happened. And then Sunday, Lord, I, we figure that because of the things that we've been through, the things that we've done, what's happened in our mind, what's happened physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, that now we can't talk to God the way that we should. Feel that if we don't come to him the right way, then we can't at all. So you don't pray. You don't worship. You don't give. God, I can see the big picture here, and, and I don't know where I'm going, so, so I'm not going to do anything. Have you ever felt afraid and really tell God how you feel? Anybody other than me? God, this is probably not a holy conversation, but I'm ticked right now. What are you doing? Why are you doing? What, what direction are you trying to send my life in? Recently, in my own personal life, I went through something that was not enjoyable. Let's put it that way. And I got to praying about it. I was like, God, help me, Lord. Hurting, aggravating, people being mean. And then I look back and I remember that I had prayed that God would remove this situation from me. And I had the nerve, as God removed the situation from me, to complain that it hurt. Sounds like a stupid thing to do, doesn't it? Let me tell you something. We do that quite often. God, I need away from this person. I need away from this situation. I need to become better. God, help my finances. And next thing you know, they come repo your car. God, how's that supposed to help? God's like, you don't have enough money to pay for it. They need to come get it. Go buy something you can pay for with cash. And we complain to God whenever God's trying to answer our questions and our prayers. And this is exactly where David finds himself. He's confused, not coming to God the right way. My dad had a saying whenever I was a kid, if you don't stop crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. And I wonder sometime if God don't want to be like daddy. 
boy, <laughs> I give you something to cry about. Yeah, I'm trying to ask, I'm trying to fix you, trying to make you a better person. I didn't see the picture. I was just upset of the pieces that I was left with in my life. So here is David, who should be praising, pouring out his problems and not his praises. Something else my mama used to say, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, <laughs> y'all know. So now we go into a relationship with God and we don't know what to say because we're afraid that he might just give us something to cry about. He might give us something to cry about. If you're taking notes, write this down. It's a very simple statement. Prayer is a place to process. Prayer is a place to process. Now, my wife and I, in our own relationship, I have learned something. Sometimes I can be going through something, or she can be going through something, and I look at her and say, I don't have an answer to this, but I need to say it out loud. And I walk through it, and by the time I get to the end of it, I'm like, that's not really a problem. Apparently, it was bigger in my head than it was in reality. Anybody here other than me ever done that? By the way, good ticket in relationship. You're going through something? Go sit down with somebody. Hey, look, I don't have an answer to this, but I, need to, I just need to say it. You'd be so shocked at how that, 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 that it's a process. Now, let me tell you something. There are some things that you don't need to share with some people. A bridge too far. Something that can't be pulled back. Did you know? That sounds stupid, but did you know that that is one of the reasons why God is there? God is there so that you will have the ability to sit down and say, hey, God, I ain't got an answer, but I need help in the process. God, all I got is edge pieces. All I got is the ability to drive to church on Sunday. All I got is the ability to not do a few things because they're not good for me mentally, healthy, physically, financially, emotionally. Dad, you don't stop crying. I'm going to give you something to cry about. You see... The only place to find peace is where you're at. We seem to think that if we could just get more money, if we could get a happier spouse, if we could get kids that don't act like goats, that we would be joyful. But let me tell you something. The best place to find joy and the best place to find help in your process, it starts right where you're at. Look at your neighbor and say, X marks the spot <laughs> where you're at. That is your starting point. We sit on our couch, and I know I do too, and I worry about everything. Anybody here ever worried about something and called it prayer? <laughs> y'all are chuckling because y'all know it's true. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen. This is, ain't got enough of anything. And somebody asks you, how you doing? I've been praying about it. No, you hadn't. <laughs> You've been sitting on your couch complaining about it. Acting like God, well, he hears my heart. He knows my needs. Well, how about you say his name and give it to him? Something to cry about. Sometimes you got to pour out the process. I want to give you a simple thing this morning. It's simply this. Open your mouth and talk to God. Open your mouth and talk to God. Why? For one, I love doing it because it confuses the devil. <laughs> God, I love you, Lord. Thank you for this blessing of children that you have given me. Thank you, God, for my wonderful marriage and this gorgeous spouse I have and this wonderful, hardworking, loving, just kind husband that you've given me. The devil's like, what? She is lying to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I do things just to confuse the devil. And I'm not speaking in lies. I'm speaking in holiness. Because I believe that I serve a God who has the ability whenever I open my mouth and speak the words that he spoke over me, that he will do what he was called and what I was created to do. He can heal you. I can think of a thousand different things at once in my mind, but when I open my mouth, the only thing, only one thing can come out at a time. Only one thing can come out at a time. And this is the reason why I praise the way that I do. Now, for the record, if you run a soundboard and you want to run sound, I like to worship. I've been having to run sound. So Sunday school and one sound person, please. Amen. I love to worship. You know why? Because it gets to be Brandon that's not Brandon. 
I get to do what I was created to do. Why do you raise your hands and look like a goofball? Because I was created to do that. There is nothing better than using my body for what it was intended to do. Some of y'all here, you used to use your body for what it was intended to do. But at some point, you decided that it wasn't cool. Heaven's going to be awkward. Everybody's up there saying holy, holy and raising their hands. And you're like, mm. the intended purpose of a thing, the picture God's trying to create for your life. It happens whenever you take the corners and the edges in your creation and you begin to use it for what God made it for. That's the reason why I praise the way that I do. You know what's awesome about God? He's not your parents. Thank God. You know what's awesome about God? You don't have to start out with, oh, holiest father. You can start out with, hey, God, it's me, Brandon. Today's a rough day, but tomorrow's going to be better. Forgive me for thinking negatively, and I want to love you through my actions tomorrow. David, here he is, a giant killer in a cave, pouring out his reality to God. Musicians, come back. I'm not going to take long this morning. David is on a path to his purpose, but he's in a place that he doesn't fit. He's on a path to his purpose, but he's in a place that he does not fit. He just killed Goliath from Gath, needing to go where he's called to. But the situation of this place of calling is trying to kill him. So he's hiding in a cave just outside the place where he killed the giant. He's hiding in a place right outside the space where he had won one of the biggest battles of his life. Did you know that you can stand right outside the place that God wanted and required and requested, the places where God created and he, he gave you some of the biggest wins in your life and not realize it and not recognize it? We find David on the path to his purpose but in a place that he does not fit. Felt like you don't fit even when you're doing everything right. Anybody other than me ever felt like that before? Like, God, I'm doing my best. Like, I'm not perfect, but I'm doing everything I can. I'm trying, and I still don't fit. Now, David escapes from a cave, but in 1 Samuel 22, verse 1, it says, David left Gath and escaped to the cave Adullam. He escapes, but the place he escaped to, he ends up trapped. He's safe, but he's stuck. He's supposed to be king, but he's stuck. I know that there's a picture God's got for my life, but I'm stuck. I can't seem to, to step from one to the next. Psalms chapter 142, verse 4. Look and see. There is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. When we look at the story and not the prayer, we discover something completely different. 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. David left Gath and escaped to a cave at Adulam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. When I read that, I literally said out loud, hold the phone. He's not alone. I didn't realize that David was in a cave Crying out to God about being lonely and by himself and all these things. But he was surrounded by family. Did you know that you can be alone and be surrounded by family? Verse number two, he said, all those who were in distress or in debt of, of, or in debt of discontented gathered around him. And he became their commander. About 400 men were with him complete around him but yet he's feeling alone in a marriage married but I feel like I'm by myself I kids that love me people that look up to me a dog that comes that comes runs up to me but, but I feel alone here he stands what does this mean how can I be covered up in people but saying to God that he's alone simply this statement you can be surrounded but not supported you can be surrounded and not supported surrounded by things that everyone else sees as comfort 
I have a history of being very close personal friends with many millionaires, some of them many times over. I've discovered people who had great financial success hiding. Married, but hiding. Got children, but hiding. Pastor, why does this matter? 1 Samuel 2, 22, verse 5, we find the event that begins to project his life. And it happens amazingly through a man of God. He tells him simply this. He said, get out of the cave, go to Judah. Get out the cave, go to Judah. We live in caves of indecision, surrounded by people, but if they are cavemen and not called men, It's very difficult to find the stone that was rolled away. You see, you can be surrounded by people who are used to living in a cave. They're used to having a mentality that says, that's eh, just who we are. It's just what we fight. It's just the way our family is. It's the way we were raised. It's, it's the history. It's the future. I want to encourage somebody this morning. Get away from the cavemen. Group up with the called men. Most of you here know I'm prior military. If a soldier is going to become a soldier, he's got to hang out with soldiers. I said, Pastor, are you saying that I need to hang out with only church people? No. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is if they ain't good for you, get about your life. Why? because they got pieces to a puzzle that doesn't fit the picture that God's got for your life. Hiding in a cave. If you want out of the cave, first of all, you got to stand with the cold. I kind of ignored y'all over here. There's what? Did you check your pockets? Did you, did you drop in the crack? Here. Okay. Y'all already looked everywhere, though. Okay, y'all go have a seat. That's good enough. Thank y'all very much. Y'all give them a hand. You did look everywhere, right? Okay, you ask everybody. Do me a favor. If you have a puzzle piece, would you stand up? Y'all come to the front. Turn around, face the crowd for me. I specifically asked them if they had looked everywhere. What didn't they do? They didn't ask any of y'all. They didn't ask for help. Y'all know I've done this several times. And not once have I had anybody look up and go, hey, y'all have any puzzle pieces? You know why? It's our nature. I opened the package. I started this marriage. I, 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 I birthed those kids. I'll deal with it myself. It's, it's the human nature to not ask somebody, hey, <laughs> I need help. The last two weeks, I've made the same statement. I'm going to repeat it again this morning. God is your source. People are your resource. See, the entire time they were trying to finish the puzzle, I knew that the pieces that were needed to complete the picture they were trying to create were found amongst the people that were sitting around them. I'll tell you something, God knows that about your life. You're trying to put a picture together. Thank y'all very much. Y'all can deposit the pieces there so Gemma doesn't kill me later. By the way, y'all, this was our small group leaders from last semester. Y'all give them a hand. In Jesus' name, that's about 25% of the amount of leaders we're going to have this semester. God has given you a picture of your life. And I preached this entire sermon for that one point right there. 
You have a person to your left. You've got a person to your right. You've got a person in front of you. You've got a person behind you that holds the key. How do I do that? First talk to God. I say, God, I need help. Lead me. Guide me. Show me the people that can be where I'm at. That can help me get to where I need to be. I'm going to tell you this. Join a small group. As this church grows, every Sunday whenever Moran and I leave here, we start making a list of the people we didn't see. Who's missing? Who wasn't here? Who do we need to call? Who can we check on? Have they been gone more than one Sunday on the way to church this morning? She called your name since she had me the last two Sundays. What happens is, is over time, I can't keep up with it. I may miss somebody. And if you're not connected one to another, it can become unhealthy. I want you to be connected to the person beside you. And it's not just so that you don't miss church. You know why it is? Because you're going to have, you're going to hit a brick wall. You're going to have something happen. Ladies, there ought to be a ladies group. Man, there ought to be a men's group. I'm not leading it. So if there's a man here that says, I want to lead a men's group, you need, to, you need to be there on Wednesday night. There ought to be a young adults group. There ought to be a kids group. There ought to be a group for people who are going through grieving, divorce. Why? I heard a man make a statement this week that hit me so incredibly hard. Have you ever thought about the thief on the cross that Jesus said, this day thou soul shalt be with me in paradise. He gets to heaven, right? My mind's eye, he gets to heaven. Peter looks at him, hey, welcome. Where are you from? Where is this? You're in heaven. What's heaven? He says, hang on just a second. I'm going to give you a quiz. Can you talk to me about what it is to be holy? The guy says, never heard of it. Says, hey, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, let me go get my supervisor. So he leaves and he goes and gets Gabriel. Gabriel, come back, put down the trumpet, listen to me for a second. This guy's up front and he don't know why he's here. Don't know why he's here. Yeah. So, um, sir, can you tell me something about sanctification? Sanctify who? What are you, what are you talking about? Sanct sanct What's sanctification? I don't know anything about this. Sir, can you give me any reason as to why you're here? Why are you here? The man in the middle told me I could come. It's not by what you're going to do. Pastor, I don't feel like I'm a, I'm not a good, I'm not a, I don't know how to be a Christian. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't fit. I don't know. Y'all talk about sanctification and all this. I don't know. I got no clue what you're talking about tell you something, the man in the middle. <laughs> he says, you can come. I'm here by authorization of the man in the middle. I don't fit as a pastor. I don't fit this pulpit. I don't fit this microphone. I'm a redneck with a bad language skills. My English does not go all the way to the top. Why am I here? man in the middle told me to. Some of y'all here this morning, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm going to tell you something. You're called by God. The man in the middle qualified you. Stop looking at people. Stop hanging out with cavemen. Start getting around the cold. Start getting around people who are holy. People who say, hey, I've got a plan for you. Join a small group. Get some people that will hold you up and say, I love you. Let's all stand. If you've been living with edge pieces and with the edge pieces of life, I want to tell you something. Cross Faith Church believes that you can step into the picture that God's got for you, and it'll happen, and it can happen. Number one, the relationship with God. Number two, through small groups. Surround yourself with the called, not the cave. Surround yourself with the called and not the cave. Next Sunday. I want to encourage every single person here. There are going to be tables set up across the back. They're going to have a little poster board like you're at a high school science fair. A piece of paper laid in front of it. Sign up for a small group. Why? Because this little preacher wants to get you out of the cave and help you understand the 
the man in the middle told you you can make it 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 we're gonna make it Greg we're gonna make it we're gonna make it Crystal it's gonna be by the grace of God not because you wore black makeup in high school we know it was you inside joke but it's true she was the little goth kid for the record did you ever bring a gun to school let's be honest no okay thank you Jesus it was safe do me a favor if you would don't come out of your seats unless you can't get a hold of somebody I want everybody here put your hand on the person next to you make sure that nobody is by themselves put your arm around her because she's being weird put your arm around her she needs the love mess up my altar call come down here and hug you myself look at that person beside you to your left to your right that person God created to hold you up I don't want to touch them right now man tell you something they've got a piece to your life that you may not know about may be a trial that God's they may be your trial there's something to it every head bowed every eye closed Heavenly Father this is God this is I, I'm gonna talk to you not like I'm pre, not like I'm praying in full fit Lord I'm gonna talk to you like me and you talk okay like I'm trying to help these people have community God I'm trying to get them to volunteer to teach Sunday school somebody run sound God, I'm a 41-year-old goofball who's just willing to look at that man in the middle, you, and say, this is what you've asked us to do. God, I need people in my life who can look at me and say, I want to help be the peace picture but God more than anything else when that picture is painted I want it to be one that I'm standing before you and you say hey well done I want you to say thou good and faithful servant God I, I know it's going to take your grace it's going to take your mercy and I, and I, I don't want to I don't want to abuse your grace I don't want to abuse your mercy I don't want to hurt you Lord God, bring the pieces, the people. And God, I pray also that for those that that need the pieces that I carry, help me to see it. Help me to recognize it so that I can complete the God picture in somebody else's life. God, I say this every time, but not my will, but thine be done, lest my will should be godly and should be yours. If it is your will, then God, I pray that you would project us. I don't want to see a glass ceiling, God. I don't want to see a brick wall that you didn't put in its place, God. May the disciplines of what you've called me to do be something that's a burning fire within me, reading your word, worshiping you, giving physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually, God. I pray, God, that you would bind together this church as one. Took your arm off of it. Bind this church together as one, I pray, Lord. Let your will be done. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Church said amen. Can y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise? from others you know as Brandon was talking and I was I was hearing everything that he was saying one thing that stuck out to me was when we're in isolation when we're not walking where God's calling us when we're not connected into those small groups and in those places and we can isolate ourselves because of that awkwardness because it feels uncomfortable we can isolate ourselves over here and we can never step where God calls us to y'all know every time he asked me to close and it wasn't random this time I knew it was coming I said
still stood over there with my heart beating. Uh, if you checked it right now, you'd probably need to call an ambulance, okay? Like, I still get nervous and I still feel like I'm not adequate enough. I still feel like I'm not good enough for this, but it's because of the support and the people that love me and see what God's called me to be and see that within me when I can't even see it myself that pull me with the confidence to stand here before you today. To stand because I know what God's called me to do, even when I don't feel it. It would be so much easier to sit there and say, I'm not doing this. But God's called me to something. He's called every single person in here to something greater than yourself. So don't stay in that place of isolation of, oh, it feels awkward and uncomfortable when I see these people or do these things. Step out of that. Because when you do, that's where God starts to move. And that's where you start to see more and more of who you are in Him. Um, so... Oh, also, we need some men to help some move some stuff, so please see Mike after this. But <laughs> it'll only take about 10 minutes of your time, so if you don't mind, please. So we'll see him. Uh, men, please come help. Um, we'll pray, and we'll get out of here and enjoy the rest of your week. So, God, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you for this time to discover who we are, to see more of who you are. We, I pray that everybody who walks out of here walks out of here with a new heart, a new mind, and a new idea of who they are in you. I pray that they have a great week and that it's full of your love, and even when it doesn't feel like it, they can see your hand. In your name we pray. Amen.